Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Hello, I'm Amy Rowlandson, host of Focus on Why, and in this 39th Reflections with Actions episode, today I'm not only reflecting on the last five episodes, but I just want to pause and reflect on the fact that today is episode 250. I cannot believe it. I'm so excited. And if you're a new listener to the show, firstly, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. This Reflections with Actions episode is my solo episode where I take the opportunity to reflect on the last five episodes where I've interviewed people and share some of my key takeaways and explore some of the information that they've shared, some of the knowledge that I've acquired or thoughts that have been provoked, which in turn have led to me taking some action in some way or another. So before I dive in, I just want to take this moment to celebrate and please indulge me for a small amount of celebration time because Focus on Why has made it to the 250th episode milestone and I'm thrilled to say that this podcast is still going strong. I tried to find out actually how many podcasts make it this far and I couldn't find the exact statistics. However, what I do know is that a large number of podcasts don't even make the six month milestone. They suffer from pod fade and disappear into the ether altogether. So consistency with quality over time does matter. And today, celebrating the 250th episode, I recognize that podcasting is all about showing up for my loyal and growing audience. In fact, Focus on Why is thriving. When I released episode 100, it was in 62 countries. For episode 200, it was in 87 countries. And now Focus on Why is being downloaded in 103 countries. And it's still holding that position of being in the top 1% of all 2.7 million podcasts. The United States still dominates the podcast market with over 1.7 million, just compared with 42,000 from the UK, 42,220 to be precise, but not all of those are active. So comparing with other channels and mediums which are delivering content, Netflix has now got 15,000 titles and is growing all the time. IMDb has over 8.3 million titles, which go across movies, TV shows and TV episodes. And Spotify's got 70 million tracks. Audible's got 470,000 audiobooks. YouTube's got 37 million channels. And there are more than 600 million blogs. And TikTok, that new craze, has now got 689 million monthly users. So with so many ways to communicate with your audience, why, why would I choose podcasting? Well, it is my preferred medium. I absolutely love it. My areas of expertise do not lie in dance or lip sync or in music in any way. I know my limits. And whilst Reels and TikTok are really popular, it's just not my medium. 
So according to listennotes.com, my 250 episodes sit amongst all the 125,757,603 episodes that exist, which means that Focus on Why contributes to 0.0001988 of the podcast space. Now, that may sound like a really insignificant number. And it is. But to those people who tune in and for those I interview, I know it makes a difference. I don't need to have a billion views to know that I'm being impactful to those tens of thousands of listeners who do tune in. I make good audio and I've carved my way in the space where I am well known and respected as being a great interviewer someone who creates space for my guests to explore their purpose. And a recent guest of mine, Lee Jackson, whose episode is 252, said in a post on LinkedIn that I had him doing probably his deepest and most reflective interview yet. We talked values, accountability, beliefs, relationships and other stuff too. A brilliant host and an interviewer, he said. Thank you, Lee. I love what I do. And whilst I'm still considered to be a little fish in a big pond, I know that I can still make ripples, ripples that reach far and wide. So will 2022 be the year that you launch your podcast? I have now helped dozens of podcasters to successfully launch their show with purpose. If you've been thinking of creating a podcast, either for your business or as a passion project, reach out to me via the Calendly link in the show notes as I can help you to turn your idea into a reality, into a podcast. As part of the 250th celebration today, I am looking to get 250 more subscribers to my weekly newsletter, Friday Focus. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to my website, amyrolinson.com. And if you mention in the comments section that you have listened to this special 250th episode, I will offer you a free one-to-one -one coaching call. You can choose whether this is a life purpose session or a podcast strategy session. And the first 25 to subscribe will get a full hour with me and the rest will get 25 minutes. So dive in quick and subscribe to Friday Focus. Okay, the 250 celebrations over for now. Let's crack on with today's episode. Now, this is called Living with Purpose, this Reflections with Actions, because the first episode I'm going to be reflecting on is 245, The Care Connector with Ian Clegg. With his mum as a nurse and elderly care and a life that has always revolved around the care sector, it was always a destiny for Care Connector Ian Clegg to build a, a care-focused business. Ian's mission evolved from a passion to help those in care to have the best life possible and for those working in the industry to provide the best service. Born out of frustration, seeing how the, the sector could be enhanced across so many areas, Ian launched the Care Connector Network to create a community which would benefit all parties. With Ian, we talked about how many people think about the later years and how they'll actually pan out. He said that it's a conversation that people tend to push away and think that it's too far away to worry about today, that it's something to deal with in the future. However, when I asked him when we should start thinking about our end of life care, he said emphatically in vitro. A sobering response. And yet, could you be walking the tightrope of health? A conversation with Ian will get you thinking about your future. I'm currently sitting in the sandwich generation, caring for those both sides of me. It is a situation that many of my peers in their late 40s to mid 50s find themselves in. Trips to the hospital bring the re reminder of mortality to the forefront for all of us. 
What are your thoughts about getting older? Ian raised the interesting distinction of what are people looking for? We've got a lot of luxury care homes out there. Are they luxury care or are they aesthetically luxury? Do we need all the aesthetics if you are at end of life care? Or would you rather pay the same money and have someone sitting with you holding your hand? A sobering thought again. How about you? Have you planned for your elder years? Have you taken responsibility for your own future? Or will you defer that responsibility to others? Six years ago now, I started planning for my final years. Part of that process involved writing my own eulogy, which I tend to edit and update every six months to a year or so. I call it my letter from beyond, my goodbye letter. And writing it has really helped me to come to terms with my own mortality and also to recognise my achievements in life, what I'm grateful for, who I love. And it's helped me to focus on only the things that mean something to me. I started living with purpose and it really changed my perspective on life. Purpose is the value that you choose to centre your life around and the reason to make a positive contribution. It gives you the meaning in life which you seek. And as you get older, your answers to the life purpose questions that you ask yourself may change, especially with changing circumstances. You begin to see what is essential and what is not. Your purpose evolves as you age. So my reflection with action from Ian's episode is to challenge myself to live more with purpose today, to plan for those elder years tomorrow and to continue to focus on why. How about you? Are you living with purpose now? And what's next? Have you planned for your future? Continuing the theme of what's next, how about your business? Are you looking to scale with purpose like Brendan McGurgan is in episode 246? Skilled at building profitable, scalable and purpose-driven businesses by delivering on his strong personal belief that anything is possible, global business leader Brendan McGurgan is focused on making a positive and profound impact. With a commitment personally and professionally to achieving significant growth, Brendan is driven by his own purpose to inspire, connect and enable ambitious leaders of SMEs to scale with purpose. What a fabulous conversation we had together. Where else would you hear a conversation which covers a wide range of topics including purpose, journaling, sustainability, growth, transformation, cacao, Wim Hof, breathing, ice and sand? Well, focus on why, of course. Now, here is another perfect example of the ripple effect that was caused because of the podcast. I invited Camilla Long onto the podcast back in December 2020. She then invited me to speak on a panel all about podcast guesting last year. Brendan McGurgan was in the audience and he reached out to me and invited me on his podcast ScaleX Insider. We recorded it together in the summer of 2021 and before it went live, Brendan listened to it in the car with his entire family while they were heading to Donegal and they were all really impressed with me. He said, you sound great, really professional and very clear. You know your content inside out. Yes, I do. And that's because I love doing what I do, Brendan. So I returned the favour and invited Brendan on to Focus on Why. And in it, he mentioned several people one of whom was Kieran Pereira, who I reached out via LinkedIn to say that she'd got a shout out on the podcast. She then listened in and said that she was honoured to be featured into our discussion, that she enjoyed the conversation between both of us and said she would share it in her newsletter. So the ripple continues. 
And I've also invited Kieran to come onto the show in the future. So hopefully she'll come back to me on that request. For now, I want to talk about the reason why Brendan spoke of Kieran. It was to do with sand. Brendan questioned if we are being responsible here with how we're managing the resources that are finite. That scaling with purpose is about orientating yourself towards growth, but doing it in a purposeful way, making some positive impact, some social impact along the way. Before recording this podcast, I was naive to the issues that go on with sand. I had no idea that illegal sand mining was deemed to be one of the most harmful of all mining activities, as mining in rivers and lakes causes the occurrence of pollution and changes the courses of watercourses, increases siltation, soil erosion and the destruction of conservation areas. Perhaps there's a flickering memory to back to my GCSE of geography, but not in any way that now I can appreciate. So signposted to the global issue around illegal sand mining, I read a blog on Kieran Pereira's sandstories.org website and read that according to Luis Fernando Ramadon, a federal police specialist in Brazil with a master's degree in management and regulation of water resources and a postgrad degree in environmental law, that the global estimated value of illegal sand extraction found that it would range between, get this, 199.88 billion dollars US dollars and 349.98 billion dollars each year. Each year, Ramadan goes on to say that these vast sums seem to be on a par with other global crimes and it allowed for a direct comparison with the ranking produced by the Global Financial Integrity, which is a non-profit advisory organization that produces high quality analysis of illicit financial flows across the planet. In terms of the ranking of transnational crimes globally, let's put this number into context. Trade in counterfeit and pirated goods is estimated at 923 billion US dollars in annual value and is number one, with drug trafficking being second at 426 billion dollars, sand is third, and then human trafficking is at 150.2 billion and that comes fourth. Illegal logging is fifth and illegal mining of gold, diamonds and precious stones is sixth. The full list, if you want to view it, is via the link in the show notes. So in this in-depth conversation with Brendan, he's committed to scaling with growth, scaling with purpose and with sustainability at the forefront. And we spoke of the United Nation Global Goals for Sustainable Development. Again, I've put the link in the show notes. Now, back in 2015, 17 Global Goals, officially known as the Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs, were agreed by 193 member state world leaders. Known as Agenda 2030, a universal agenda that contains the Global Goals, was initiated with a 15-year target to achieve them. That's 2030, only eight years away now. And the 17 goals, in turn, hold 169 targets and 230 indicators. So seven years on, and these goals have the power to create a better world by 2030, by ending poverty, fighting inequality, addressing the urgency of climate change. And guided by the goals, it is now up to all of us, governments, businesses, civil society and the general public to work together to build a better future for everyone. Take a look at the goals and see how you could help. 
They are all important, but there may be one that you particularly align yourself and your values to. For example, Kate Winslet supports goal number one, no poverty. Chiwetel Ejiofor supports goal number two, no hunger. Jamie Oliver supports goal three, good health and well-being. Malala Yousafzai supports goal four, quality education. And Daniel Craig supports 17, partnership for the goals. Now, thinking about this, I also support number 17, Partnership for the Goals, in spreading the messages behind the incredible work of all the people who are guests on the show. I, too, am making an impact and getting involved, spreading their word, spreading their messages across the globe. So going back to Brendan's message of sustainability, managing our finite resources and scaling with purpose, this is a big task, one that will outlive Brendan and me. And this is what living with purpose means. According to the globalgoals.org, sustainable development has been defined as development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. It calls for concerted efforts towards building an inclusive, sustainable and resilient future for people and planet. So if you take one action today as a result of tuning in, please make it be that you look at the global goals and see how you could meet the needs of the world around you, which in turn will help you to live with purpose. Next up is episode 247, Capture the Curiosity with Charlie Wyman. Growing up in the world of competitive motorsport, something Charlie's father said to her had a great impact on her thinking. He said that if you come second, you are the first of the losers. And there's no point in entering a race unless you're in it to win it. Influenced by this desire for success in high performance sport, Charlie Wyman applies these winning methods into the world of sales and marketing with a strong focus on her why and adopting the core values of authority, credibility and empathy. Charlie ensures that her marketing clients also exhibit these values to their clients. Identifying that curiosity is the key to unlocking success in your sales and marketing. Charlie believes it's time for you to capture your curiosity. She says it's not about doing more. It's about doing less, but better. She also says, I believe that your curiosity is your superpower and can enable you to do whatever you want in life. I think as kids, we're naturally curious and the adults kind of try to knock it out of us at whatever age. Now, I've spoken about curiosity before in my reflections episodes, referring to how Sir Ken Robinson challenged the effectiveness of schools and the way children are educated. There's a reason why the champion of creative arts, Robinson, why his TED talk is now the most viewed TED talk of all time. It was called Do Schools Kill Creativity? If you haven't watched it, check out the link in the show notes. I highly recommend it. And I believe that it hits a nerve for all of us because his message resonated with every inner child in each of us. Dreams that were quashed, strengths that were inhibited and weaknesses that were highlighted. The freedom to explore and follow your unique curiosities were restricted by society and societal expectations. And curiosity features high on my agenda. I'm curious to understand the why behind all the guests on the show. I've chosen this leadership role in life where I shine the light on purpose, on fulfillment and on curiosity to empower others to forge their own paths. 
My chosen mission and responsibility as a podcaster and as a life coach is to gift a living legacy of inspiration, insight and knowledge to create long-lasting, positive ripple effects. Charlie said that most of us know what we need to do. More often than not, it's just about removing the noise from around you and helping people focus and be intentional with activities and their actions. For me, you've got to love what you're doing. So if I were to ask you, do you know why you do what you do? Would you know? Do you know what you love doing? As a child growing up, what one question did you ask the most? I would hazard a guess that it was why. Children are naturally inquisitive and curious. They want to know and understand exactly how and why things work. Not taking things for granted, they ask a myriad of questions such as why is the sky blue? Why do people die? Why do I have to go to school? Why do I need to go to bed? Why can't I eat chocolate for breakfast? Why, 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 why? But why? (laughs) It goes on. Eleanor Roosevelt said, I think at a child's birth, if a mother could ask a fairy godmother to endow it with the most useful gift, that gift would be curiosity. However, As you get older, you tend to question things less and less, taking things for granted more and more. You fall under the spell of confirmation bias, becoming less curious and more accepting of the way you believe things to be in the world. You may seek evidence to support your existing beliefs as opposed to evidence that proves you wrong. Perhaps you've even switched on the autopilot button to guide you through life, sleepwalking from a safe, comfortable perspective. Do you know what your purpose is in life? If you're unsure, you're most likely rolling with life day in, day out, reacting to what's happening around you as opposed to taking planned, deliberate action. Curiosity is unlikely to feature highly on your agenda. Curious to understand more about all aspects of life and fascinated by people, I launched Focus on Why back in April 2020. Seeking answers to all my questions, each guest teaches me more about life. Being positively curious helps you with problem solving and creativity. So ask yourself, what will you be curious about today? Don't stop asking questions because you fear you'll be judged. People love answering questions and you will build better communications with them through doing so. When you show humility are inquisitive and ask questions, you acknowledge that you have the capacity to continue to learn and grow throughout life. William Shakespeare, I believe, said it best, and I remember this line particularly on a daily basis. The fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. Get that curiosity flowing. Switch up your thinking. Instead of saying, I can't do something, think, how can I? The brain is then instantly set a challenge to solve it. Then add one of the most magical three-letter words you will ever encounter in life to each of the statements to transform impossibility into possibility, negativity into positivity. What is that magical three-letter word? No, it's not why. It is yet. Just look at how it changes these statements. I'm not a successful best-selling author. Yet. I'm not financially free yet. I've not found my why yet. The word yet changes everything. It changes your mindset. Notice your language and enable it to fuel your positivity and your curiosity. I remember something that Michelle Bryant said 
when she shared her love for curiosity back in Focus on Why, episode 27, sharing her maxim in life to always be curious. She said, always try and learn something new every day. Embrace learning something new, making the most of things because one person, one opportunity could really change your life and you just don't know what it might lead to. You've just got to go for it. What positive beliefs do you hold and how do you embrace learning? Are you carving out your own life in your own way? It's never too late to be who you might have been. Charlie said that in sales and marketing, we make assumptions every single day. Whereas if you channel your curiosity to ask the right questions, you remove those assumptions and you start marketing based on informed real data and real information. Curiosity really is a key to unlocking real sales results. Yes, Charlie, it is. And when Walt Disney was asked about curiosity, his reply was, it keeps us moving forward, exploring, experimenting, opening new doors. The future belongs to those who are curious. What new doors are you going to open? Be curious and embrace learning. What will you be curious about today? And as with any actions or reflections that you have, please do reach out and share them with me either by email or via social media. My links are in the show notes. Next up, episode 248, Get Your Voice Heard with Steve Bustin. Now, what is your worst fear? Is it heights? Is it the fear of falling? Is it snakes? Or is it spiders? Or is it public speaking? If so, your worst fear is how Steve Buston makes his living and he absolutely loves it. No, he doesn't love that it's your worst fear. He loves speaking and being on a stage, speaking to an audience. As both an accomplished public speaker and public speaking coach, the stage is a place of great joy for Steve. Striking a balance between his work and his leisure time, Steve ensures that he derives great pleasure from all he turns his hand to, whether that's with his clients or with his, in his garden. We talked about the joy we get from our garden and a phrase I carried through from a teenager is that you need to keep your mind or your hands busy and getting soil around my fingers is a great feeling. Steve said it helps him too. It helps him to still the mind where he can go to wind down. And I agree, it's that connection that we have with nature. After all, it is our natural environment. It is our habitat. Looking out now into my garden as I speak, I can see the crocuses, the daffodils, the snowdrops already in bloom. It's not quite spring yet. However, there is something quite magical about the snowdrops particularly. And I believe there's a reason why they surface at this, at this time of the year when the days are shorter, wet and cold. Seeing a blanket of snowdrops on the grassy bank with the simple elegance of their pure white flower petals, I want to share with you my gratitude to what the dear gentle snowdrop brings to me. Seeing its delicate drooping head lifts my heart and I can't help but smile and feel an inner warmth knowing that once again spring is on its way. Seemingly impervious to the bitter wind and the icy rain, the snowdrop stands proud, knowing its purpose, protecting the pollen from the elements for the winter insects. A snowdrop may be small and understated, however seeing it fills me with deep joy and hope. What brings joy and hope to you at this time of the year? Now, I was speaking with Steve just this week and he said to take some of the snowdrops in because they have an amazing little honey smell and I'll be doing that later today. But back to what Steve does for a living. Through his business, he's turned hundreds of individuals into brilliant communicators with clients, including Goldman Sachs, the London Stock Exchange and Unilever. 
He helps you to get your voice heard, ensuring that it is your voice and not his voice. In fact, the thought of turning out lots of Steve Bustons into the world is not his intention at all. What he seeks to do is ensure that they deliver their content in their way, in their style, in a way that is right for them and their audience. And in doing so, will ensure that they get booked and more are more effective. I'm currently working with Steve and his critique club and be looking at how I can get my voice heard more. So watch this space. There'll be some more Amy coming. When starting each recording, I never know where the conversations will go. Neither does a guest. They think they do. And then they're surprised when it drifts into a different direction. And I always love to hear the reflections that my guests share with me after being interviewed on the podcast. And this is what Steve had to say on LinkedIn when he spoke about sharing the podcast interview with his audience. I'm regularly asked a guest on podcasts and would always try to say yes, as they're fun to do and a good way to spread the word about what I do. Occasionally, however, you find an interview taking you into unfamiliar territory that forces you to examine why you do what you do and to talk about your business and your professional life in new ways. This interview with Amy Rowlandson for her Focus on Why podcast was one such. She's a terrific interviewer and a lot of her questions gently took me into topics I don't often talk about publicly about what makes me tick and what drives me in business. What topics do you not often talk about publicly that actually make you tick or drive you in business? I can guarantee that if you were to talk about those, your audience would love to hear all about them. Share why you do what you do with your audience, but don't fall into the trap of confusing your purpose with your value proposition. Last week, I delivered a talk to the Professional Speaking Association Home Counties North region around the purpose for speakers. I asked the audience two questions. If I were to ask you, do you know why you do what you do, would you know? More specifically, do you know why you speak about what you speak about? Now, together, we explored why they were the right person to speak about their chosen topic and how it communicates value, relevance and purpose to their audience. What's the difference between your purpose and your value proposition? They're often confused as being the same, but they're not. Your purpose is your internal message, either for you as an individual or for the company. It is a purpose which keeps you and anyone else in a business connected and focused on its aim. It is the foundation, the glue or the invisible threads that weave the culture, the values and the strategy together beneath the surface. The why is at the heart of all the decisions. The value proposition is the external message that demonstrates to your customers how you will serve their needs. It is what is attractive to them about your service or offering that you intend to make to them. Don't confuse your purpose with your value proposition. So often I see people and companies sharing their purpose and believing that people will buy their products or services simply because of their worthy purpose. They are sometimes so passionate about their purpose that they even forget what their customers actually want or need. This is an important distinction to make, so make sure you understand it. People may admire your purpose. They may believe in your purpose. They may share or identify with your purpose, but people actually don't buy your purpose. They buy your product or your service based on whether they need it or want it. They are buying the value you offer. Your value proposition explains what you do and how you do it. It is focused on the tangible value you deliver to your clients. So how does a purpose piece fit in? Does it even matter? 
Well, of course it matters. There's simply a balance to be struck between the two. Focus on delivering value to your clients. Focus on your value proposition. Ensure you have a clear external message that is focused on the client's needs and wants. Focus on the value they will receive as this is the one way of ensuring that you will get your voice heard. My final reflection with action today is episode 249, Warrior Heart with Anthony Brinkley. Anthony was introduced to me via an agent and I get pitched to a lot every week with so many people wanting to come on Focus on Why, which is great, but how do I filter them? When I saw Anthony's bio, I knew I had to have on the podcast. Prior to starting his consulting firm, he was a command chief master sergeant for the 11th wing of Joint Base Andrews in Maryland. He served as a principal advisor to the commander on all enlisted issues and was responsible for all personnel, logistic and workforce development matters. During his military career, Anthony obtained chief master sergeant distinction, a leadership position achieved by only 1% of the enlisted air force. He has provided oversight for three billion US dollars worth of aviation assets. He's led a contingent of aviators, maintenance personnel and support troops during Operation Desert Fox. His unit flew 204 combat missions with 100% mission effectiveness. He has managed over 130,000 people in over 14 bases across the world, to include Korea, Turkey and the Philippines. In his distinguished career, Anthony has a distinct honour of providing military support for President Barack Obama, Vice President Joseph R. Biden Jr. and former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. He's now an established leadership expert, author, resilience training coach and a change agent and the CEO of On The Brink Consulting, a leadership development firm providing expert resilience training, motivational speaking and team building to military government, large corporations, private groups, as well as not-for-profit entities. If you haven't listened to this episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it and the other four that I've reflected on today. Living with purpose was my theme today for this episode and being able to connect with others, learn from their experiences and explore new ideas is what this show is all about. So what was my key learning from Anthony's episode? That your past does not dictate your future that you have the choice to shape your life how you want it to be. Anthony chose trauma to be his mentor, not his tormentor. I won't share what he went through here, as it would be a spoiler if you haven't listened to the episode. However, what I do feel is Anthony might not be the pioneer of purpose he is today without the experiences he'd faced. His warrior heart drive for life is huge and with the trust, empathy and compassion that he holds, there is great hope for the world yet. Anthony is impressed by the impact of significance in the world and has dedicated countless hours to helping those most disenfranchised. His assistance ranges from counselling local young men on the challenges of life to organising clothing drives for orphans living in other countries. He provides executive coaching for people across all spectrums of society and industry. For his tremendous dedication to his local community, Anthony is the recipient of the 2003 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Humanitarian Award. You can see why I had to have him on the show. And let me bring you back to the significance of those global goals. Anthony focuses on significance more than success in life and his final words really resonated with me. Be where you are, connect where you are, love where you are, forgive where you are and live. That's been my whole message from today's 250th episode to live with purpose. 
Thank you for being a loyal listener of the show. And I have one final request that you please share this show with anyone you believe could benefit from living with purpose. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcast five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.